Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to episode 170 of The Big Cruise Podcast. The last of the uh, the podcast for this year as we head into uh, the festive season. And uh, best wishes for whatever you may be doing around that. Now, of course, uh, Chris hinted last week that he's going to be chatting to me about all things resilient lady. So, uh, Let's just get into it, I think. Let's get Chris on the line and start talking uh, all things cruise. Enjoy the show. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Chris, hello, my friend. Welcome back. Barry, the power is mine this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little bit scared, a little bit nervous. No, no, I'm yes. not at all. Oh, no, don't be nervous. You'll be fine. And look, just uh, I don't know what it sounds like on your end, but if the audio is a little bit echoey on my side, it's because I'm in a very empty room, um, mm-hmm. somewhere quiet and air-conditioned. It's hot, hot, hot in Australia at the moment. So um, hopefully that's not going to cause people too much of a headache. It's certainly better than my audio was last week, mate. I don't know what happened to, to me, but it uh, sounded like I was in a dungeon somewhere deep underground. But uh, We don't seem to be able to win with this. Um, we, we've recently moved all of the podcast stuff and we've just still having a few teething issues. But, uh, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm very grateful for, and I'm sure you are too, is that our, our audience is extremely supportive and positive. So, you know, as we lead ourselves into Christmas, just before we start uh, talking to you about Resilient Lady, just a huge thank you to everybody for their support this year. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had a record number of listener questions, comments, reviews, feedback. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a great year um, overall. So appreciate uh, each and every one of you for getting in touch or simply listening and being a part of the show. Absolutely. So right. let's get into it. 
Okay. You recently traveled on board Resilient Lady, which of course is uh, on its uh, first ever season in Australia. Yes, I was lucky enough to sail on the preview sailing, which was uh, not open to the public. It was only for travel trade and a very small number of um, select media. Um, it wasn't even their main media cruise that happened later. Um, but this saw the ship arrive in Sydney. It had a couple of days in Sydney to uh, do a few little uh, events around Sir Richard Branson. And then the trade and select partners were invited to sail from Sydney to Melbourne for a two-night voyage. Um, and when the ship arrived there, uh, Sir Richard rejoined again and had some uh, other media commitments around the ship. And then the official Mermaiden cruise happened uh, probably a little bit over a week ago. Um, so, mm. yeah, very, very exciting cruise. Very, well, first of all, I was very intrigued to see what it was like. I don't know if you recall, many, many, many minutes ago, I was privileged to see the, the mock-up cabins um, that they had built in the back end of Gatwick Airport somewhere. Um, mm. And from that day, I'd been you know keen to see what they eventually looked like in real life and obviously what the public areas looked like. And um, I'm pleased to say that overall, um, yeah, loved it. It's exceeding my expectations in every way. So the ship's in Sydney. You would have seen it alongside or did you see it arrive? No, it had already arrived two days prior to me getting to Sydney. Mm. So they had had the fanfare with Sir Richard coming through the heads on his speedboat, and then he was up on the, the bridge waving down to the ship. So that had all happened a couple of days prior. Um, and then I flew into Sydney on the Wednesday, I think it was, um, and she was already uh, birthed the Circular Quay. Um, and there was a lot of excitement, a lot of, lot of people in Circular Quay just coming down to have a look at her um, mm -hmm. for the first time. And being Virgin, they do things very well. They uh, light up the side of the ship of an evening. So she is the absolute central focal point of Sydney Harbour. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they changed the messages a few times. There was a big event going on at the Opera House. So I think uh, Sir Richard came up with the idea of uh, putting something along the lines of the parties over here, uh, down the side oh, of wow. the ship. Uh, but when I was down there, it simply said, Ahoy, Ahoy. Aussies or Ahoy, yeah, Ahoy Aussie, yeah. Um, yeah, the pictures of that, I think you can stick them up on the, um, they're up on the Instagram, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And they do that using the, the balcony lights. They're obviously some sort of LEDs that they use, but uh, yeah. yeah, it looked pretty impressive. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you see the day and in, in, see the ship in the daylight um, or at night. She is a, a very um, intriguing looking vessel. She is, yeah. So I mean, looking at it for the first time up close, what was your thoughts about how it appeared, the ship itself? It's quite different, isn't it? Yeah, I was always a little, not worried, but you know, they they went with the, the light grey um, colour scheme on the exterior of the ship, which you know, most people go with either the nautical blue or the mariner blue or the, the white, but Virgin being mm. Virgin, they want to do things differently. So it does look different. I have to say, under clear blue skies in Sydney, that grey looks really attractive. It looks really good. Unfortunately, yep. when we got to Melbourne at the other end of the cruise, it was raining and drizzly and doesn't look quite as attractive under the, the grey skies of Melbourne. <laughs> but uh, she certainly certainly keeps her as a very distinctive, very instantly recognisable as a Virgin yeah. vessel. So you were travelling as a guest of Virgin Voyages, and I imagine that this being a special cruise and um, also like a preview voyage, the whole process was a bit different from normal. But embarking on the ship, what was that like? Is it cruise cards or is it wearables? How how quickly can you get through the check-in process? 
it's wearables. Um, so as part of your pre-boarding procedure, you put your details all into the app along with your passport, driver's license, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you rock up to the terminal um, and literally just show your um, app with your confirmation and security let you through. And assuming it's your nominated boarding time, because you do select a boarding time, I think they're in 15 or 20 minute windows from memory. Um, mm. And if you're in one of the suites, then obviously you get priority. You can embark at any time at your leisure. Um, I was very, very lucky. I was actually hosting some media. So um, as part of my my other job in the real world <laughs> outside of the podcast. <laughs> and um, so we bought You do something else. other than the podcast, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> something has to pay the bills, mate. Um, I know, right. <laughs> They, so yeah, we were lucky. We boarded before anybody else did. We were actually the very, very first people to check in in Australia. Oh, how um, exciting! So the the shoreside staff, who are not employed by Virgin, they're obviously port agents that do that job. Um, they were, you know, learning how to use the system for the first time. But having said that, it was super quick. I reckon three minutes from approaching the the, the desk. We had our wearables issued and given to us. Our photos checked, and uh, mm. we were walking up the gangway and. Uh, into the, the heart of uh, resilient lady. Oh, how exciting. So stepping into the ship, what's the first impression? Um, different, but good difference. Like there is no, okay. normally on a ship, you walk into this huge atrium or a, a dramatically different part of the ship. And you, you walk into what I guess what you would call the equivalent of the atrium, but it's not overly empowering. It's, um, it's what they call the roundabout, which is a circular staircase, um, which actually forms part of some of the indoor entertainment as well. And off that area, you've got things like the um, sailors, actually the sailor services is a little different area. You've got shore excursions, you've got future mm. cruise deposits, you've got the record store, you've got a bar and mm. coffee shop. Um, and it's all a little bit minimalist, but also very nautical. Um, they've okay. got these really clever nods everywhere to, to you know, all things nautical. Um, and there is some of the happenings cast waiting to greet you. So um, some of the singers, some of the dancers, one of the drag queens, and you know they welcome everybody with open arms. And it's like a, a real celebration that your your cruise is starting the minute oh, wow. you leave that gangway and get into the ship. Oh, cool! That's very interesting. So very nautical inside, despite the outside being quite um, sort of different in terms of its appearance. Yeah, and I think more so like it, the inside on that uh, the roundabout is you know people will see in photos um, there are some photos on social media etc. It's kind of like a whitish marble, but they've got you know uh, cushions that resemble some of the nautical flags, and they've got little hints of the signature colours that you'll find around the ship. Um, one thing to say about the ship: if you've cruised on any other cruise line, generally there is a theme that goes across the entire ship. Now, whether that's mm -hmm. a type of decor or a color scheme or, or whatever, Virgin doesn't have that. They have these um, really well-themed areas and then breaking that area up, there is a small area of, not nothingness, but a bit more um, industrial, um, barren mm -hmm. is probably the, the mm -hmm. best way to describe it. Um, but that just creates that little barrier between one area and the next. And what I really like about, about that is, you know instantly when you're walking into somewhere where you're walking into. Um, they've done a really, really good job. Yeah, okay. Cool. Sounds interesting. So what kind of accommodation were you in? I was lucky to be in a central sea terrace, which is the equivalent of a veranda. Um, sea terraces are used as one of the virgin terms, um, which was up on deck 11. Um, now, one thing to bear in mind with accommodation on virgin, um, your accommodation number also has a letter. 
So, for example, I think I was 11106Z. But there is also a 11106A, and there may or may not be an 11106M. So, Z refers. (laughs) (laughs) So, A refers to port, so the left hand side of the ship looking forward. Z uh, refers refers to starboard, so on the right looking forward. Um, And M is only used if there are inside cabins down the middle of the ship. So very easy to to remember. And as you walk out of the elevators, it says in great big letters, Z this way, A this way, um, and M if it's available on that particular deck, then it'll point in that direction as well. Okay. So I was writing for you. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it sounds like they've tried to make it easier, but having multiple cabins with the same number sounds extremely confusing to me. Was it... (laughs) Was it better? Um, it wasn't confusing at all because the minute you walk out of the lifts or you walk up a stairwell, you know exactly which is Z or A side of the ship. Right. So, no, it wasn't wasn't a problem at all. Okay, um, cool. And my stateroom cabin was uh, just a little bit shy of mid, like true midship. It was sure. just where the um, the ship kind of juts in a little bit. So my balcony was actually a triangular shape with the the deepest end of the balcony had my furniture and the mm-hmm. shallowest end had my hammock, which is a signature touch of Virgin Voyages. I think 98% of cabins have hammocks. If they don't have an hammock, they have a, a, like an eggshell uh, chair. Um, but there's a little story around the hammocks as well. They're all sourced in Thailand. Um, and it's a charity that uh, rescues people from the sex industry, sex trafficking. And they are given meaningful employment, creating different things which are available around oh. the ship, including the hammocks and some of the hand-woven um, footstools that are available around the ship as well. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of little touches around the ship where Virgin are trying to do the right thing by various communities around the world. So they're, they're doing a good job. Yeah, and that was a big part of their, um, when, when they launched about being um, like a, a positive uh, contributor to the, the global industry and, yeah. and people and the environment. Yeah, positive change for yeah. all, I think, is how they refer to it. Um, so with Virgin, obviously, you're wearable. Um, it's like a, a bracelet. And again, that is um, made from reclaimed ocean plastics. And okay. at the end of your voyage, you can actually put that in for recycling and they will um, you know, sterilize it and reuse it for future use. Or you can keep it as a souvenir if you prefer. But mm, you literally cool. just tap that little wearable against your, um, your room number, uh, wait for the green light to pop up, and then you open your door and go in. And as you do so, all of the lighting and all of the curtains and the blinds all adjust depending on what the time of the day and night is. So during the day, yeah. your curtains are all closed off for you to keep the, the room temperature optimal, so they're mm-hmm. not using too much electricity with the, the air conditioning. Obviously, when you open the door, the curtains all open, the lighting comes up. Um, and now that is clever. In, yeah, and then in your cabin, you've got a tablet where you can control um, anything from the curtains to the lighting. There's mood settings, so you can play music, control the TV order room service. Um, so all that can be done through the app inside uh, inside the room there. Wow. Um, cool. The beds, I know there's a lot of talk about whether the beds are great or not, but they can be reconfigured if you want them to be. I chose to leave mine in the configuration of a uh, king-size bed for the whole time. Um, but if you want to, you can turn it into day mode and the bed splits to be kind of a, like an L shape and you have a, this oversized lounge area that you can use. Sure. Um, so will they will they change that for you each during each turn? Each day, down if service? you want to, yeah, yeah. If you want to, you can have it changed back every day so that you've got more. It basically, gives you more floor space in the cabin, and if you want to invite friends around for 
coffee, soft yep. drink, whatever you've got in your mini bar than you can do. Um, and plenty of USBs everywhere and both US and European plugs. I've seen a few yeah, comments online that there's no Australian. Well, no, there's not. The, I don't think there's anything other than P&O Australia. I don't think there's any cruise line that uh, has Australian plugs down here. Or possibly Carnival, maybe. Yeah. Well, one of the things I found, I don't know if it's the same on, on Resilient Lady, but on um, Celebrity Edge, they actually had two of the universal plugs, which the Australian plug ports plugged into with no problems at all. Oh, um, okay. Like, like you get on an airplane, you know, those universal yeah. ones that are sort of British shape, but yep. they have the different prongs in them. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, do you know, I don't honestly remember looking for that, but in all honestly, I was so busy doing everything that I needed to do. Oh, yeah. I think I spent sure. about 10 minutes just enjoying the cabin, other than obviously sleeping and showering. <laughs> um, what was the bathroom very, like? So the bathroom, admittedly, is small. It's more on the side of a traditional cruise line size, rather than yep. some of the cruises that we've been experiencing recently with the oversized bathrooms like you had on Celebrity and I had on Norwegian. Um, but having said that, it's a glass uh, door um, Ooh, which opens both door. ways yep um, <laughs> and it's um, signature products in the shower including uh, body wash shampoo conditioner moisturizer mm. etc um, and then um, an oversized sink and the bath the toilet in the same area as, as the bathroom so not the biggest bathroom but perfectly functional and you know not a problem um, using it for, for the two or three people that may be in the cabin um, cool. and uh, yeah no I, I thought they'd done a really good job with the cabins they'd softened them slightly to what I had seen in the in the the warehouse back in Gatwick many many moons ago so I think they'd learned from maybe ladyship one and two and soften things for for Ladyship 3 a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, very, very comfortable, great night's sleep. And that hammock has a really good touch. For the five minutes that I sat in it, I was almost off to sleep. It was very relaxing. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, there you go. A hammock is a very nice idea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the ship before, like there was no sort of grand atrium when you em embarked on board. What, what was the general layout like and how was she to find your way around? So the easiest way to answer that is fun at the front, food at the back. Oh, interesting. So uh, all of the food venues are all located at the aft of the ship. Uh -huh. There are some public areas, obviously midship, um, but then all of the fun, such as the nightclub, the show lounge, etc., cetera, um, gyms and things, they're all located towards the, the, the front half of the vessel. Interesting. Um, and there is three decks. I think it's six, seven, and eight with most of the public areas on. Um, mm -hmm. And then you jump up to 15, 16 for the pool deck and all the mm -hmm. associated areas that come with pool decks and all of the areas around that as well. Um, and everything in between that is all the, the accommodation. So that's the easiest way to, to find your way around. Yeah. And um, does it have the traditional sort of main staircase banks or is it more interconnected between decks? Um, no, my, the traditional staircase banks associated with the lifts, etc. So you've got your main staircase um there's actually there's a, an aft, there's a mid and a forward, but from memory, the aft stairwell doesn't go down all the way to five, six, and seven, because that's where the galley areas would be for the various sure. restaurants. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yep. Now, speaking of, actually, no, we'll come to restaurants shortly. There's a little. Yeah, yeah, note. don't skip ahead. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but I mean, it's interesting because you were saying about fun at the front. Um, so if we stick there for a minute, um, the entertainment sure. offering on board the ship, what were the sort of standouts? Did they have a full entertainment offering when you were on for that preview cruise? 
Yeah, they did. Yeah. So there was something going on in the, the app all the time. Uh, before sailing, we could pre-book certain things like the, the restaurants. We could book into some of the different shows. And then once on board, there were other things that opened up that had been kind of locked in a little bit closer to. Um, so there are they have the Happenings cast, which is um, their entertainment team. You mm-hmm. get introduced to them at the Sail Away party. They are part of an incredible show that takes place around the pool, subject to the weather. Um, we had fantastic weather and the, the Sail Away party happened. And the two hostesses, who are kind of the cruise directors, if you is it the nearest thing you could probably describe. They're the voice of the ship. They introduce all the different things that are happening. And there's two of them that are located at, uh, on the different activities that are taking place. And they are supported by all these different people that are vary from artists to musicians to dancers to um the wellness uh, hosts, etc. So the, the, yeah, there's a whole lot of different things that they mm-hmm. encompass throughout the day. Sounds um, interesting. One of the first shows that we saw on the first evening blew my mind. Like, yeah, I, I like a bit like you. We've been on lots of cruise ships. We've seen lots of shows. Mm-hmm. This show was, I think, I have to say, the best show I've ever seen at sea. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, what made it so special? So as you may or may not know, with the show lounge on Virgin, it's not your traditional seating looking at the stage. It's a multi-function room that can be set up in various different configurations. And on this particular evening, it was set up as a dance floor. So everybody's on the same level. Um, And what you think is there is a stage at the front. So everybody kind of congregates around the room, incredible music and things going on as you get ready for the show. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the show starts and it's not just going on the stage in front of you. It's going on behind you. It's going on above you, around you. The whole room is just full of the happenings cast all doing their bits as part of the the show. Okay. The first show was, um, I'm going to say this incorrectly. If anybody's into Greek mythology, I apologize. Um, (laughs) Persephone or Persephine who was the daughter of Zeus and Demetra um, back in Greek mythology. And this whole story gets like, takes over the whole theater, but in such a virgin way and has done so cleverly um, Mm. to the point that you actually like, what on earth is going on? And then they very cleverly kind of rewind a little bit of the show. And then this really cool, um, skit comes up on the screen and explains the greek mythology and what the story really translates and you know they are incredible like a really good show i think the show went for 50 ish minutes and everybody that walked out there was like well number one wow what was that like it was just incredible but number two they were all saying that you know that was the best show they've ever seen at sea it was yeah so so well Oh, and that obviously ties in with the fact that Resilient Lady is normally based in Athens for, for the northern summer. Um, yep. And hence that show he appears on Resilient Lady, but doesn't appear on other ships within the fleet. Ah, so it's unique to that ship rather than unique to the yeah. cruise line. Yeah, so, so some ship, some shows are shared across the fleet. Others are specific to the ship or the destination that they're in. Now, I didn't see any of the other shows um, other than Scarlet Nights, which is the, the signature event on board. But they do have another show, um, which is, I forget the name, but it's something about a library. Um, and it's a three-part show. And you can go in for part one, part two, or part three, or you can go in for all parts. But Ooh. it takes about three hours to see the entire show. Oh, wow. Okay. Everybody sure. is raving about that one. Um, and then there's another show, which is a show with a fee. And the fee is because that you have your 
dinner and all of your drinks included. So the meal is paired to the show that you're seeing. And it's yep. um, something about a rose. Um, and I guess it's got a kind of Romeo and Juliet kind of uh, feel to it. But you yeah. choose your seats based on being on the ground floor in amongst the show, up in the booths, or you can be up on the, the seat, seating in the upper area. So, uh, yeah, sure. just it's not your traditional entertainment by any stretch of the imagination, um, but incredibly well done. And little pop-up yeah. things taking place all the time as well. The drag uh, queens pop up and do um, drag brunch and drag bingo and different things. Yeah, they, they're doing it very, very well. Yeah, so I think the show's um, as another rose, and that's Lola's right, yeah. library. Lola's library, that's correct. Yeah, well, there we go. yeah, that's that's. Oh, well, I, I cheated. I just googled it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on their website, but yeah, just in case anyone's. And I too, I mean, I don't know um, if we got the pronunciation of the of the Greek Greek word right, but uh, those are the three. Those are the three shows. Um, <laughs> the so, other thing yeah, we probably could touch on with entertainment. Sorry, mate, is the Scarlet Night. So Scarlet Night is okay. the signature night that takes place on anything that is longer than three nights. So if you're on a two-night voyage, it won't happen. And that is purely because it takes them a full day to set up the entire ship. Okay. So oh, wow. when you wake on the morning of Scarlet Night, there are... Actually, I don't want to give too much away because I've already noticed that lots of people are sharing lots of things on social media. And I think it's kind of ruining it a little bit for people to have that discovering wow, it for the first surprise time. moment. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, basically yeah, yeah. from when you wake up, you'll find things around the ship and as the day builds, more and more things appear until the point that Scarlet Night happens. Um, Scarlet Night starts off with an introduction that's around about 5.30, I think it took place on our cruise, in okay. the um, in the roundabout, which is that stairway. And basically the, the, the levels of that stairway are filled with dancers and entertainment and they introduce what is the theory behind Scarlet Night and what is going to happen throughout the evening. So it's very cleverly done. And then Ooh. obviously people go for dinner and then the celebrations yeah. start afterwards. They have uh, glitter stations and photo booths and the whole ship turns red and ultimately finishes wow. off with a pool party up on the top deck. Now, unfortunately, it was raining and blowing a gale in Melbourne as we were supposed to yeah. have our Scarlet Night. So they had to switch everything indoors, which they did literally with within 20 minutes and the scarlet night was transferred to both the, the nightclub which is the manor and also the the main show lounge so uh, fair play to them they've they've, they've, they've got it got it uh, done well they know how to switch things up if they need to and change things but uh, no, it was an incredible yeah. night so i do have a question because of course one of the things that i've noticed across many many reviews for the virgin ships is comment on how the size of the swimming pool um, mm -hmm. did, did you find that to, I mean, obviously if it was raining, it wouldn't have been, but did you find that to be a problem on the ship or is, is it overblown no, in your reviews? No, no, I think it's probably a little bit overblown. Now I can't speak for the Caribbean because obviously it might be a little bit different over there, but, um, Aussies, I think generally don't like to sit in the sun too long. Um, yeah. we try to get shade wherever we can. And there is lots of shade available to you, uh, either around the pool or on the other open decks, um, lots of little cabanas and those kind of things. There yeah. is only one pool. Um, the pool itself is quite small, but it has got, you know, the kind of splash pool area around it. Yeah. Um, so that you've got like, I don't know, maybe three centimeters of water that people can splash in, or you can go a little bit further in and drop into the main pool. Um, that is the, the main pool area where a lot of the entertainment and also the Scarlet Night would normally take place. But also just the other side of um, the 
gym and tonic bar. So gym meaning yep. the gymnasium um, because it overlooks the, the gym area, but also overlooks um, a, a whirlpool. Now it's not a, a spa, it's not a hot tub, it's much bigger than that. And it's separated into four separate zones. And I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say you could probably get about 20-ish people in there. Um, so that is the kind of second smaller pool as well. We had mm-hmm. we traveled at about half occupancy, um, so it wasn't it was about fifty percent of what it would normally be, and there was always plenty of space around the pool. And I honestly think even if we were selling full out of Australia, mm-hmm. I think you would still be able to find a sunbed or a shady spot and drop into the pool if you want to when you want to. Sure. But uh, I know our European friends and also the North Americans tend to sunbathe a little bit more, so that might be a different situation in, in the Caribbean, etc. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then, uh, aside from shows uh, and and the other evening entertainment, what's the entertainment offering like during the day? So during the day, they've got um, in-house DJs. They've got a very strong nod to Sir Richard's origins back with Virgin Records. Um, yep. So they have their onboard record store, and in the suites, there everybody has their own record players um, and a choice of records oh, as really? well. Really. Yeah, oh, in the, the suites. Yeah, yeah. You can cha- you can change those records if you need to. Um, the um so there's djs around the different areas of ship at different times they're kind of like pop-up djs for really um but they've got a really cool playlist and i don't know you know sometimes you're on a cruise ship and you get in your head you know you recognize that song but it's not quite right because it's actually uh they're not playing the original version due to licensing laws around the world so yeah, yeah, a, yeah 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 but virgin they're fully embraced um they, they're playing the originals and the, the the music is very apt it doesn't matter what time of day or night the music suits the mood absolutely perfectly in whatever area of the ship that you're in um and even down to little touches like as you walk to the aft of deck seven you come into um a mediterranean slash greek lounge very casual very relaxed it's where they serve the greek mezes um, and tapas style menu um but during the daytime there's a flamenco guitarist in there so it just really sets the scene for you know just having a light little nibble on a bit of a, a meze or a bit of a tapas menu um, and that extends out onto an outdoor terrace um, with beautiful views over the wake so no it doesn't matter where you are there mm. is um, the right music for for the right atmosphere in the right part of the, the day They've really got that um, that sort of theme throughout the ship and connection yeah. with with Richard's origins and with real music and sort of embracing that whole um, yeah. music culture. That yeah, sounds great. Um, so then we'll skip on. So you've done all your daytime activities. You've had a great time, but you're getting a bit hungry. Where do you go to eat? You said it's towards the after the ship. What's on offer? Um. Well, I dined. Yeah. Oh, where do I start? Right, let's start with yeah. my first my first evening menu. So the first night that we got on board, we were uh, hosted at a place called Test Kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. You walk in there; it's very stark, very sterile, almost like a laborat- laboratory. And all the, the waiters are wearing lab coats. The mm-hmm. menu consists of six ingredients. It's an open kitchen, so you can see the chefs preparing everything um, right in the heart of the restaurants. Okay. Um, they take your dietary requests in case you've got any uh, special requirements there. But other than that, you have no idea what's going to be served to you until it's put in front of you. Um, oh. So, for example, I'm trying to remember now, our menu consisted of peas, eggs, blue cheese, veal, and okay. chocolate. Um, and yeah, these 
whim it's best the best way to describe it is just whimsical just go with the flow okay. there's a few people that we dined with it wasn't their thing they just didn't enjoy it but i thought it was brilliant i know if we'd have eaten that kind of menu on another restaurant in another cruise brand we would easily have paid 100 140 us dollars and it's sure. included in the cruise oh wow menu. there is no restaurant there's a surcharge on really um, that's fantastic i actually remember yeah. that from doing the um the education course that they ran um yeah. Now that you mention it, but uh, wow, yeah, because of course that is such a huge um, barrier to some people is the cost of the extra restaurants. Yep. So it's all included here. Yeah, and with a test kitchen, you can also do a wine or cocktail pairing. I think from memory it was about forty US dollars, but obviously it's a six-course menu, so you're getting six generous pours of. Uh, drinks that match or suit the menu that uh, you're experiencing. Now, with a test kitchen, there are two different menus. So if you're on a cruise longer than, say, three or four days, you can go back to the test kitchen and have a completely different experience because the menu will change um, once again. Um, other places around the ship, so Razzle Dazzle is the vegan or vegan forward restaurant where you can get a side of meat if you wish. Uh, sure. Very bold, striking colors. We didn't get a chance to eat in there, but everybody I spoke to said the breakfast or the brunch in there was amazing. Um, the other restaurant that we dined in was The Wake, um, okay. which is down on deck six. It's on the aft. It's overlooking all great big windows overlooking the ocean. <laughs> yep. um, steak and seafood. Possibly one of the best waitresses we've ever had. She was just an absolute bundle of joy. And that's one of the things that Virgin are really trying to encourage. They don't want there to be a corporate script that anybody's got to stick to. They want people to be themselves, to have the courage to, you know, tell their story um, and put their twist on, you know, what a Virgin cruise should be. And the crew do it very, very well. Um, so the waitress in the wake, yeah, she was, she was brilliant. Um, I'm really oh, fantastic. engaged with everybody. Um, it makes a possibly, huge difference, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It's it, it, it's fair play to them. They've done a really good job. And I, I remember call even the guy in the in the coffee shop, the barista. Um, he was a young Spanish uh, guy, um, and he just had really quirky comments as he was making your coffee, and just you know put a smile on your face when you you know you haven't had your caffeine fix yet. Um, nice. So yeah, no, they, they they're doing it incredibly well. Uh, the other place is the galley, which is their it's not a buffet but it's the closest thing you would find to a buffet it's basically food stations but you don't necessarily need to go up to the food stations you sit down at a table there is a menu on there you place a little flag up on your on your table and then a waitstaff <laughs> and take your order oh wow and they will okay. go around and collect it from whatever area of the ship they uh, whatever the galley it needs to be taken from um you've got the, uh, the dock which i mentioned before which is the greek slash spanish mediterranean tapas uh, cuisine Lots of people raved about that food kind of late lunchtime if they'd missed the main lunch and wanted to grab a, you know, a couple of skewers of prawns or, you know, some Greek nibbles, then that was very, very popular. Um, the other place I dined was the pizzeria on board. So pizzeria is open from 11 a.m. till 2 a.m. Um, and I'm going to go bold here um, mm. and say that it is quite possibly either the best or the second best pizza I've ever had at sea. Oh, wow. So it sounds like we're both having some pretty awesome pizza experiences lately. <laughs> The other thing that Virgin do really well in a lot of their restaurants, or the casual restaurants in particular, they have these grab stations where just near the entrance of the door, there is fridges with, I guess, 
a 7-Eleven type setup where you can grab a pre-made salad, but it's been made that morning on the ship, um, or you can grab a sandwich or something to just take and find a spot somewhere else on the ship. Um, and I've never seen that on any other cruise line where it's there available for you, and it's all done using... Um, there's no plastics on board, obviously, so it's all done using recyclable packaging materials that they can then wash and uh, reuse again. So, uh, yeah, incredible, incredible choice of restaurants and not a single surcharge where you went, including uh, dining in your cabin, which is, again, included in the, the cruise fare. Oh, that's so cool. That sounds like a great experience. Um, so just to wrap up, um, I mean, it sounds like an absolutely amazing uh, ship with such a different take on so many things. Um, what was your favorite place on the ship? If you can go back to one spot on board Resilient Lady and just be there again right now, where would it be? We haven't spoke about it, but it's actually the thermal suites. Um, okay. And I didn't get a chance to Take use it. That. I was too busy. So it's <laughs> it's a very, very big area. Um, and a lot of cruise lines now only allow you to book it for the full voyage. Virgin will actually allow you to book it for a three-hour window. So it's subject oh, to availability. Sense. That makes sense, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you can just wander down to the spa on the morning. If you wake up thinking, oh, I really fancy just using the thermal suite, head down to the spa, put your name down on the, the wait list, and they'll give you a buzz back and let you know what three-hour window becomes available for you. So they like to control so there's not too many people in there and you get to use the facilities in a, you know, a, a nice, pleasant manner. Um, in that area, you've got your flask therapy pools, you've got your hot tubs, you've got your, your cold plunge pools. We've got usual saunas, steam rooms, they've got a mud room, and they've also got a salt room, um, which is great for people Ooh. with um, asthma and breathing difficulties. And every three minutes, the, the salt concentration is dosed up again. Um, and apparently, really, it's really good for your skin, but also really good for, for breathing conditions as well. So, uh, yeah, I was Goodness. really, really impressed okay. with the size and the facilities that were available down there. And if I did get a chance to go back on uh, Virgin, I would certainly make a point of uh, using the thermal suite. There you go. And I believe they're, they're run by One Spa World, who um, Fleur and Christina, we, we interviewed mm. uh, last week, gave us a bit of insight into running the spas on, on the different cruise brands. Yeah, no, no it's done very, very well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, most unusual space on board? Uh... The one that sort of stands up as being totally different, nothing you've seen before. Okay, I'm going to use two spaces here. Okay, the show lounge, um, which yep. is unlike anything I've seen. I've never seen a, a space on a cruise ship that can be one minute be a true traditional style theatre, within half an hour be converted into a different format with you know everybody on the, the floor, um, with different stage configurations, oh, clever, isn't runway it? set up, um, and even like when you're in there and you're looking up at the lighting and the sound rig, the amount of equipment and things that are in there ready to use for various different configurations mm. is just incredible. They, they, yeah, they, they've really thought about the entertainment side of things mm -hmm. very, very differently. And that ties in with the manor, which is the nightclub. And everybody's seen those mm -hmm. Instagram photographs of the, the kind of infinite mirror tunnel and people stand posing in it. That's the entrance into the nightclub. Um, and as you go into the nightclub, yes, it's got a dance floor, it's got booths, it's got everything you would expect a dance a nightclub to have. But the night yeah. that we were in there, the... Um, randomly uh all of a sudden the music changed and this piano kind of just maneuvered itself across the dance floor with yeah. two drag queens on top of it and the whole we were one minute in an 80s um uh tribute and then all of a sudden there was this like 15 minute impromptu drag show on top of a piano which then as quickly as it appeared disappeared and everything went back to being uh, an 80s disco oh, wow so different <laughs> yeah okay fantastic um 
the most re relaxing sort of quiet place you found on board the ship? Is there mm. one? Oh yeah, there's plenty actually. Um, they have these really quirky, um, they're not even gazebos, they're more of a chair, a double yeah. chair with a pull-out footstool that have kind of got a wrapper. I'll put, put an image up on social media so people can see it, but they're all numbered and I just don't think the number means anything other than maybe you order a drink to be delivered to there. Um, but yep. no matter, even if you're around the main pool or you're looking out over the ocean, just the way that they've made them, like it's just a really nice quiet spot and you don't notice anybody else around you. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it's a little bit more sort of private hideaway than then some of the yeah. some of the more daring spaces on board. And probably the other area is probably the Cannonball Pub as well, which is a very very small pub with a nautical theme. Um, it's hidden around a corner that you know you could walk past it many times a day and not even realize it was there. Um, probably yeah. only holds I don't know about forty odd people, but it's just a, a different bar experience on board, but it's, uh, nice and intimate. If there was one virgin voyages experience that you would recommend to somebody booking a cruise if you could pick one of them out that you have to do if you go on this ship what would it be oh there's too many um <laughs> Tough one. go with an go with an open mind try everything in fact there was a, a lady uh, that was invited back on our cruise because she had sailed all the way from um, Athens through to Sydney um, and she is a regular cruise with many other cruise lines and she has been a complete convert and she was brought on to explain and she was in her 80s I think or just mm -hmm. was just about to be 80 um, and she said the reason that she liked it is um, that it changed her whole expectations of cruise she didn't really go with any expectations other than she was going to try everything once and if she didn't like it that was okay. fine she'd move yeah. on and find something else um and she said she tried trying things that she would never have tried previously on a cruise um and met so many new great friends from it um and just yeah she's an absolute convert she probably will never cruise with anybody other than virgin moving forward she said Oh, wow. Isn't that great, though? Isn't that the, that's the beauty of trying something different? Yeah. Which is, I think, why you and I quite often suggest to people that even if you do have a favorite cruise brand, there's so many brands to try. Don't discount trying something new because it may become your next, next favorite. Yeah, no, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, Baz, just um, uh, on parting thoughts, if sort of just summarizing your experience, um, who, who, is, who is this brand? Um, ship and brand uh, good for and, and uh, who, who would you be recommending books a, a trip on this on this ship so obviously it's only for adults they don't accept yep. any children at all on virgin voyages so uh, straight away that identifies they say the average age of guests on board is about 40 plus um, but there is no hard reason as i mentioned they have had people in 80 plus 90 plus um, but it's a it's an attitude that people go on with to to just um, be embracing of everything uh, and I said, try, try everything. And um, you're probably going to find that you'll enjoy things that you never tried before. You may find something that you don't like, and it may offend you, but just move on and uh, uh, try something else different around the ship. But um, yeah, the, the, the feedback I'm hearing from people that are on there that went thinking they'll try it and see whether, you know, it's there right for them or not. They are absolutely loving it and uh, are booking in record numbers. Um, I won't share the exact percentage of people that are booking on board because obviously other cruise lines might be listening, but it is a very, very high repeat booking ratio that's currently taking place on uh, Resilient Lady. 
Oh, how fantastic. Well, thanks so much for sharing your, your insights um, with us, Baz. And again, thank you to um, Virgin Voyages for providing um, Barry with the, with the trip on board so he could, uh, you know, it was, for your, it was for your day job, but at the same time you were able to, yeah. to share this with us at the, at the Big Cruise podcast so people can get a bit of an idea as to what Virgin Voyages was like. And, uh, and the ship is in the Australian market for, for the next little while, so there's an opportunity for Aussies to, to see it in ports and uh, for those lucky people booked to enjoy a cruise on board. Absolutely. And sorry I didn't get to record any additional audio. Um, it was such a short cruise with quite a lot packed in that there just wasn't the opportunity. But uh, yeah, highly recommend. Excellent. Well, I'm going to hand the, uh, the golden microphone back to Barry now, but uh, we'll, we'll be back just after, after this. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the opportunity to share the, uh, the Resilient Lady experience with uh, yourself and, of course, our great listeners. Now, as I've been editing this episode, a question dropped in from Emmy. Now, Emmy, you don't say where you're from, um, but you did have a question around Resilient Lady. Um, more of a preconceived idea. You wanted to see if uh, you were along the, uh, the right track. You mentioned that you think... If you mentioned that you feel like a Resilient Lady or Virgin Voyages is probably more of a party ship slash booze cruise type of atmosphere, and I'd actually say no, you're probably incorrect. It's, um, it is definitely a celebration, um, but a celebration of life, celebrating of cruise, of holiday, but you don't find congregations of on mass drunk people, people falling over in their hallways, things like that. Um, it is a little bit more market and sophisticated if i can possibly say that now i'm sure at some point there may be a hen party or a stag do on a virgin voyage ship but it's not by and part the main of what they do um it is more of as i say that celebration of life celebration of uh, cruise experience and uh, i think you'll pretty much enjoy it so uh, give it a go some great rates that are out there at the moment so uh, no harm in uh, giving that one a try now lastly a huge thank you to chris uh, thank you to you the listeners uh, for standing by us, as uh, we mentioned before, it has been an uh, incredible year, but it's also been a challenging year towards the end with the change of uh, hosting platforms and technology, which we're still ironing out some of those kinks. The good news is that we got there, and uh, I wanted to uh, wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, a very Merry Festive Season, whatever you do to celebrate, and whoever you do it with, we, we hope you do it well, and you hope you do it safely, and uh, we'll be back with you in uh, January 2024, we're going to take Christmas and the New Year off, and then be back to you towards mid to end of January with, of course, the usual mix, we'll have Chris and his maritime history, we'll have listener questions, we'll have cruise news, and I've got so many people lined up that want to do a cruise review, we just haven't had the technology to do it just uh, over the past couple of weeks but that will be back in 2024 so bon voyage if you're cruising over christmas have a fabulous time or no matter what you're doing uh, enjoy it and uh, we'll be back with you in 2024 that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts until next time bon voyage Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.